Hello, folks. This is Nathan from Utility Muffin Labs. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcasts, Nerd Words, and 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I wanted to take a couple of seconds to let you know about some of the ways we are trying to fund our podcasts. First, we have a GoFundMe so that we can replace our broken down old computer. Check it out at www.gofundme.com forward slash help dash keep dash the dash labs dash running. Or click the link on any of our recent podcasts on utilitymuffinlabs.com. Speaking of our website, you'll notice that we've added some Amazon and drive through RPG banners to our site. In addition, our newest VTM25 posts will have links to purchase the books that we talk about. Using those banners and links to buy those books helps us tremendously. Give them a click and help us earn a little bit. Lastly, we've recently set up a Patreon page. We've got a few rewards for our patrons so far, and we plan to bring more as time goes on. Visit our website for the link or go directly to patreon.com forward slash 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade. Thank you for your continued support, and let's get to the show. Welcome to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective, presented to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. Of course, I am Nathan. And I'm Bob. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, what is our podcast? Our podcast is a retrospective look at all the old world of darkness or classic world of darkness books in order of their release. It's actually a thing for, for us as fans to, we're fans first and foremost. Let's state that the same thing that you enjoy listening about. We enjoy too. And owning every single one of the books is probably a, a thing of ours that we've had for a while. And we just decided that, Hey, let's do a review of them. See how many people out there agree that us two goofy guys can go over it and entertain you. Maybe, maybe learn some stuff you didn't know. Maybe rekindle that passion to break out the books yourself and have a go with it with your friends. What are we reviewing today? Today we finally get to the obvious, I would say, vampire city, the most obvious in the United States at least, which is New Orleans. New Orleans by night. Some of you would refer to it as NOLA. We are not from there, so we just call it New Orleans. New Orleans. Yes. New Orleans or New Orleans. I don't know. I'm from the Midwest. Everything sounds the same to me (laughs) (laughs) but uh what is this book this book is a city source book for classic world of darkness it is a second edition release one of the early ones and this book tries to tackle something very complex i would tell you off the bat this book's theme overall is power the constant shifting of power balances but not from just a perspective of vampires in the city werewolves mages and hunters the mortals take center stage in here too quite a bit and because of that this book seems to be a little wonk depending on where you look at it and what i mean by wonk is that you're gonna have like a lot of those what like if you don't own mage if you don't own werewolf Mm -hmm. you're not gonna have a clue why these factions out of nowhere can do what they're doing in these books up to this point and even if you do own a modern version of it you may go what the hell is going on here because we did um in fact, uh, like right at the beginning, before the book even starts, when it's used, when it's giving you reference and how to use this book, one of the first things that we experience in here is something called the F- Swamp Festival Conclave. And it is a conclave that is thrown every three years <laughs> by Gangrel Justicar Xavier. 
And why does he throw this conclave, Bob? Uh, Can you tell me? Strangely, the conclave seems to be to, on, on a surface, to reconfirm the, the blood oaths given mm-hmm. to grant the Lupines their cairn and their territory in Louisiana proper. Right. But really, it's, it's a conclave for Xavier to draw more power from the site. Right. And I want to state that again. Gangrel Justicar Xavier goes to this place to draw power yeah from the site yeah i don't i don't really actually know what that means because as far as i knew uh, vampires don't really draw power from cairns or or uh nodes as mages would call them they don't at all right so i'm not really sure what that means i think and this is me adding to it because the book doesn't state this but i think what they meant to infer was the fact that he does have mages that he does have friendships with and that those mages have access to the site via the carnival as well. Um, they're in the festival, whatever you want to call it, the meetup. Mm-hmm. And, and that they're draining it, maybe, possibly. I don't they, know. But they don't state that. Right. It it it, it essentially says that uh, he has plans, but they don't tell you what those plans are. And that before he can go forward with his plans, he has to continue the process of siphoning power off of this cairn. Now, I could blow your mind with how difficult of a task that is for just one Black Sparrow Dancer Hive to drain a cairn and all that entails is epic. And if you don't know what a Black Sparrow Dancer is, you shouldn't. It's because of my werewolf knowledge. I own those books too. And maybe some year down the road we'll get into that. But what I would tell you is from a vampire perspective, which is this podcast, you kind of have to glaze over that because it doesn't really concern your chronicle at this point. Right. It's just important note. Xavier does every three years come here for his own nefarious back reasons. Right. And he, he does that so as not to draw suspicion as to why he spends so much time in the Louisiana area. And he's gone so far as to establish a spy to keep an eye on New Orleans. You need it. And that spy and his allies are called the Tabula Rasa. That's Tabula Rasa. Tabula Rasa. Again, Midwest. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's cool. Tabula. It's, cool. it's like the Tabula Rasa. It means I, clean slate. Yeah, well, whatever. I don't, what, do you, what do you want me to do? Uh, what do I care? I was just letting you know. It's a clean <laughs> slate. It's a clean slate. <laughs> I, I was not familiar with that. Thank you. Um, also, it shows us right off the bat uh, something called the NOSTF. And the NOSTF are the New Orleans Special Task Force. Not to be confused, but not safe for work. Right, which is NSFW. Uh, they are a group within the New Orleans Police Department that have ensured that there is no influence over the New Orleans Police Department. Uh, they're a group of mortals, uh, hunters, and mages that know about vampires. They, they, they basically they know the whole thing. Well, they're they're exclusively at this point. They're just mortals. They're within the organization. They're ghouls because there's a guy, Carter, mm-hmm. right? Right. Got caught up with Dorn because he was right. his, basically his, his bitch. Right. For quite some, I have to put it no other way than that. And somehow he breaks away. That somehow is where the mages reference you got. He helps him kind of break hold of the vampiric blood to kind of see the forest from the trees. Right. And then it's game on because all Dorn could do, and we're ahead of ourselves here and that. Right. But the point is, is that, yes, it is a ghoul ran organization denying control of the what you need in new orleans honestly is control of the police yeah and they've ensured that that doesn't continue to happen and, uh or continues to not happen I guess so that's one of the modern disconnects that's there easily what do you mean by disconnect if a vampire can't control the police in a city 
it's going to be romper room. Right. It's going to be, you know, hot. You know, a masquerade breach is going to be that much more problematic to right. cover up as a and, whole. And to be fair, though, uh, in this scenario, having at least a ghoul or many ghouls in charge of this special task force, uh, I mean, I guess it behooves them to ensure that the masquerade remains because they're ghouls. They want to stay ghouls, so they want blood. Right. So uh, there is that. It's an interesting dichotomy. This is all information that's given to us in just the introduction. Like, it's not even, we're not even to the beginning origins. No, it's just off no. the bat, keep in your mind, this is why this shit's in place. Right. And then they talk about travel to and from the city. And, you know, obviously in a more modern setting, things are going to be a little bit different. But right. one thing that they talk about right off the bat are the Sedites. Uh, they are outlawed, but they have a very uh, particular taste for the area due to voodoo and, and the Haitian influence. And so the Sedites are a big thing here. Interestingly enough, I don't recall any Sedites actually being listed in the book, though. Well, that's because you don't really need to. The point is, is that all the conflict originates from Haiti. Right. That's where it comes from. We know, we know the story. That's how they get in New Orleans is why they're there. And voodoo culture is all the rage in New Orleans. And the years they, they represent it, you had the, the voodoo queens who controlled and dominated New Orleans, at least on, a, on an occult basis, right. if not an actual uh, there were people going so far as to not even, in other words, if someone pulled out a doll back in the day, and let's say Marie Laveau's day, and you had said doll, and she gave you a wink and a smile and walked away, that was enough to get someone not to testify in court against someone, believing that the voodoo community backed whoever was on trial right. one way or the other. To have that type of terrifying influence, clearly they were in charge in some, some capacity. Right. What's interesting is the Sedites were warring with them. They were trying to take that control from them, and, and they couldn't. Marie Laveau is such an interesting character that the book cites the fact that the mesmerism that the Sedites, it's their trademark, right. bring to the fore, she had no will to resist them, and, and they couldn't do it. And they knew, why didn't they just kill her? You don't just kill someone like that. You up and try to, you incite a riot, you make her a martyr. You really will lose control, if not more than that. Right. So all they could do was allow time to work for them. And they highlight that in there. And that's why, I, honestly, I don't feel you need a bunch of Sedites mentioned because it's like they're giving you a free card to say whatever Sedite you can think of, right. whatever group you want to bring in, they're there. <clears throat> whatever corruption you want to bring. So then we get to chapter two. We get to the history of New Orleans. And interestingly enough, it starts all the way back in like, what is it, 46 AD or something like that? Um, let me see here. Right, the fall of Carthage. Yeah. It starts with the fall of Carthage. That That's an important balancing mark. It's going to anchor the end of this tale, but we won't talk about it in between. But I will bring up to keep this in, in check. There were previous podcasts to talk about cities and organizations that came up to here. White Wolf does a beautiful job of pointing out that every single one of them has influence in New Orleans. Every single one. Like The cool thing about this podcast was when you read them linear, and you know, we have to remember what we're reading, obviously, to bring up highlights like this. Right. You're gonna see a very important organization that went back to when we did New England, mm -hmm. and that's relating to the web. Right. And that was ran by Warwick. Right. You're also gonna see the heavy influence of Pendragon, the Bruja English supported warlord who refuses to, to lose to the Sabbat. Right. And it's imperialism. I could just I drink it throughout reading this book because it's it's just shades of him all over the place. Just refusal. Right. And, and you'll see it, but you'll see what happens far and wide, right? Because New England's far away from Louisiana, but the influence is still felt, and that's the importance of it. Right. And it, we'll, we'll see that there's a common thread here. 
and you'll see it in pretty much every city book that we've read so far up to this point, and we'll probably have some later on. There's an obsession with recreating Carthage. Carthage was the the dream. Everyone lived in equality, vampires and mortals, whatever. Whatever your idea of Carthage is, i.e. whatever the NPC uh, character's concept of Carthage is, there's always that desire to bring it back. And I think that that's a, that's a, a theme that we're going to see heavily in all of the second edition books in the more revised editions, both revised and V20. That, that's not so much a theme anymore. But, well, it's not uh, a theme for the cities, but there right, are right, definite right. vampires who still feel oh, that. For sure. But like if we meet, if we read like Mexico City, there, I don't I don't recall there being any. We'll we'll touch back on it. But that's because me- it's murder cap. It's murder. Right. right. Like I love Mexico City, but I get- maybe it's a bad example, but it doesn't seem in the newer versions that that's so much the the great push. So we start essentially the story with a young Ventru by the name of Doran. Right. D-O-R-A-N. That's what we're agreeing. Right. Is Doran. Doran. And he uh, eventually travels to the new world. His sire, uh, you know, has all these dreams that he fills his head well, with. Well, his sire is wrecking Carthage at this point. It's literally the downfall of Carthage. And this unknown venture elder is just giving it to him. Mm-hmm. Just like any hold, any influence, any mortal, just stiffen him. And Doran comes around and he's like this uh, the soldier. And this, his sire's like, hey, you look like you're a good writer. I could use a good writer and just embraces him. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking a vampire elder so high on himself that he's just wrecking his rivals that he brings in someone willy nilly. And this guy's sitting there watching and Doran's like, you know what? This seems to fly in the face of everything that makes sense. Why would you want to wreck people who've made peace with mortals that are living in harmony? And here we are destroying them. Right. Well, all right, you're way more powerful than me. I guess I'm just going to write your story. But at the same time, I'm going to try to be the chronicler. And get every good thing they ever did here and keep it for myself. Right. And uh, the, the the trials and tribulations of the jihad wear on him. And eventually he leaves and flees north from Rome and ends up in Gaul, which ends up becoming France. And for a time, things were good. Um, while he lived there, um, he never forgot the city that he helped destroy. And again, you talk about the chronicling that would eventually become Carthage. And so eventually he leaves. He uh, he desires the mortal life. And he's a young philosopher at this point and, um, you know, ends up, uh, you know, ends up leaving Europe. What are you going to say? Bottom line, leaves Europe, finds a place of residence to decide that, hey, this spot looks good. Flag goes up as often you do. If you're exploring, you're just basically looking for territory and he's looking for territory where he can be. Vampires often see immortality as your card, your manifest destiny to go to a group of mortals and make them your new cult. Right. There's no way to get around it. And, and in a lot of ways, it's true. A vampire is a god to a mortal. I don't care who you are. You know, you're, no one's going to sit there and go, well, you're, a, you're flying in the face of God. We're just going to kill you because mm-hmm. the vampire kills you. Because there's a very important thing. You are in the food <laughs> chain in your lower end. So. Right. Doran, though, being more human than not, goes to put up shop, and just he literally just does. It's just him in the territory where he's slowly cultivating. Right. Comes to the new world again. We're trying to recapture that Carthage uh, ideal. I can go to a new place, start fresh, you know, build it up as I see fit. And really fall on France's heels, as most vampires do, right? Right. When he came to the right. new world, is where did the food go? That's where we're going. And he, and he puts up shop. 
Right, exactly. So here he is in this swampy land we call Louisiana today. And he's like the one vampire. And he's like, all right, things are good. I'm going to set up my influence. I'm going to build this place up. I'm going to do my thing. And then one night, there's an individual that arrives, another vampire. It's our his, favorite. Name, his name is Simon DeCosa. Weak. This, so Spain, right? So here's what we got. We got a guy from France, right? Because that's where he was for a time. Right, right, right. He came over here, puts up shop, then comes Spain. Right. Right? So France and Spain do spend time kind of going at it right. over control of what later is New Orleans. And Cosa is out of his mind. Right. Because we need to, we need to hammer this home, and I know it's Nate's point. You're Doran. Everybody's happy. You're a vampire of one. Chill. Right. Things are growing. Everything's cool. Right. Cosa comes in and he says, well, you know what, my friend, I want all that you have. Why? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? What, what do I really have? You looked over here and saw the vast right. palisades that you could have. Swamp and trees and cypress and all that shit. And he says, oh, don't worry, my friend. We have met. We have talked. We will be fine. And then Cosa turns around and tells his close people, kill this man. <laughs> and they're mortals, right? I feel like you're painting it better than it actually is. That's basically what it is. Like, kill this man. That's what he said. He says they go at it, and they go at it. It's just mortals beating the shit of each other that serve their master. So what what they say is, and I will quote this because again, you have a, an uncanny ability to paint a picture that isn't there. <laughs> and and what it says is, uh, the Doran unaware that the newcomer was there, uh, Dakota didn't keep his his secret for long uh one night simon decosa a spanish bruja attacked doran uh doran fought back with all the powers at his disposable disposal and managed to escape his savage assailant so to me the way this reads to me and again you have a brilliant mind for painting a picture because i can't believe right, the way they write it is the way that right, went but down. the way that i read this is doran is maybe out on the hunt He's like, yeah, there's got to be some natives around here, someone I can feed on. And this Spanish bruja sawed off psycho. It's like another vampire. Fuck him specifically. And just charges, starts whooping his ass. That's, That's what I see. And, and, and I'm <laughs> called ridiculous here. I just want to. No, no, you're not. You're not. But <laughs> he, I didn't say you were ridiculous. I said you were talented in painting your picture. <laughs> now, the only reason that I think that why the, 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 the detail is left out is because of the rest of the shit in this book. Okay, we got we to meet somewhere, though, right? Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that this guy came over with nobody. Right, right, right. I and that's I think fair. anybody did. And it does highlight in there how it's their, it's their mortals who are going at it on their behalf. Right, right, sure. So I will give you, I after, will after the point. After this point, because Doran goes home <laughs> and says, hey, ghouls, batten down the hatches, there's another motherfucker in town. And then it becomes like a war of intermediaries. I hear you. I hear you. Either way, there was some fighting. So the Bruja throws the first straw. Right. Or throws right. the first punch is right. expected. Never never in between shall the two meet. They are not friends and <laughs> never will be, because apparently this Spanish fucking Bruja was like, fuck a Ventru. Let the fuckery begin, as it said. So for a time, everything is okay. For a couple of years, Doran doesn't even see Dakosa. He's like, man, well, who knows? Maybe he just was passing through. Let's move on. So we built New Orleans, right? Um, but Kosa rears his head and says, no, fuck you. We're going to fight. Well, I'm going to throw my... So this is where we're at now, right? Well, New okay, Orleans is wanna, being formed. If you want to skip through that, sure. But don't forget, it was the, let's get the natives. Kosa mm -hmm. did just leave. But, uh, that's where, yeah, that's where, that's where we're going. Right, right, okay, right, right. Because right, right. for a couple of years, there wasn't anything. Then the heat was on. 
as shit started to build, Dakota was like, I want everything you got. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it all. That's because that's how he sounds. But for whatever reason, doesn't have a Spanish sounds accent. Sounds kind of like De Niro. Yeah. Is that what it is? De Niro and Heat? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, um yeah so correct me if i'm wrong but this war continues for a a large quantity of of years a number of decades but it's those important highlights right it's Mm -hmm. costa left and he gets native americans right and he brings them in why is that important this is in the 1700s this is like just the beginning of when you know all the before the colonies are the colonies you know what i mean they're starting to get there and that's definitely on the mind of folk right but new orleans is suffering already Right. And here come the natives to say, hey, screw you, white man, time to die. And Kosa did it to, t- to kill what vampire? I just want to point that out. And then he can't do it. And he's wondering what she was talking about, beating his head against the wall. Why isn't it getting done? Right. Well, because the mortals are already kind of like, hey, natives, get out of here. We're building something. Right. Yeah, but this is our home. Not too bad. Yeah, well, we're going to take that. Manifest destiny. And that's and that's what's going on. And Kosa like, represents the immortal spirit of the natives keep trying. Right. You know, because... Doran beats him and he flees. Right. And then he goes and he, he upgrades though. Right. Got to give that to him. Right. He does upgrade. Every time Doran defeats him, he flees into the swamps and he came back with natives and he flees into the swamps and he comes back with werewolves. Right. And it doesn't even say what kind of werewolves till later on. Right. He flees into the swamps and he comes back with the Uktena. Right. And you're like, who the hell are the Uktena? Right. Every, every time this dude charges forward, hits a wall of Doran. <laughs> Can't figure out why he can't get it to work and just runs back and finds somebody else to support him. It's literally like he comes back and he's whipping rocks at a brick wall door in a slowly building. He's really good at getting other people to support him, but not especially good (laughs) at getting people that support him that can actually make a difference. So he's just failing. Right. Left and right. And then the call goes out, right? I believe that at this point, after he gets the lupines involved, actually the lupine involvement's even hysterical. Because how that culminates is Kosa's like, we have a deal. Right. You help me kill Doran. And we'll give you the territory right. you want. Well, because what happens is the Uktena are rebuked. They're defeated. And then their chief dies. Um, and then Doran, uh, with the help of Gangrel, goes and talks to the new leader of the Uktena. The new management. Uh, Lucius Jackson. And talks to him. And so now uh, Kosa doesn't even have that. I still say his name's Luscious. <laughs> Luscious. <laughs> Luscious Jackson, the Uktena. Uh, yeah, not too. I don't think there were too many people in that era that were named Luscious. That's but, correct. But we can call them whatever you want. Purple velvet suit. <laughs> Purple velvet. <laughs> Anyways, it, it's uh, so then. So, yeah. so then, Kosa comes back with, uh, I believe, the Black Spiral dancers. Right. Well, well, no, because remember, Luscious screws him over. Because Luscious <laughs> agreed with him and, right, and right. like, we'll honor the deal. And then Doran's like, better deal. We'll just give you the territory. Right. We're cool. Right. That is best deal ever. Right. Plus, I'm already in charge. And they chase him back into the swamp. And then you're right. Then he comes back with new management. Right. And they're like, who are these guys? And then Luscious is like, you know, man, I tried to tell you I was having these problems. I just couldn't get in depth <laughs> of what it was. I'll tell you what, all you vampires help us out. We'll get rid of these new guys. Right. And we'll get rid of them. And then Doran's like, hey, while we're balls deep and whooping their ass, who are these guys that we're kicking out again? And he's like, oh, man, they're just the Black Sprout dancers. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and to anyone listening, it should be the funniest thing ever. They're basically the Sabata werewolves. Right. They're like they're worse than that, actually. But they're they're like what all werewolves have to fight everywhere worldwide. You're BSD, you're being hunted. Best of luck <laughs> to you. And and this dude just duped them. He just duped the vampires into doing the job he was supposed to do in the first place. So what does our Spanish friend do? He writes. 
<laughs> he writes and writes and writes and sends it all over the pond, all the way back to Spain. Finally, he's like, I'm frustrated. Nothing's working. I'm going to go and I'm going to beg for help from the elders. <laughs> and the elders and in their infinite wisdom, the quote unquote elders in Spain, the idealists, they're like, yeah, you know, um, there's a lot of stuff that could happen there. Um, also, fuck the French. So, sure, yeah, we'll we'll give you some support. Here have the Spanish Armada. Right, because, and here's the beautiful thing. The Armada was just mainly, they sent over all right, sorts right. of Spanish folk, right. and then they evicted French. The, literally, that's what happened. The, the Spanish came, evicted the French who were in control of the region. Citing, we helped you take it. Right, it's so ours. It's now ours. Right, right. So we're, we're, all your leaders can go fuck themselves. Pardon my French. <laughs> all your leaders can leave. We'll take over from here. Well, thanks for playing. Right. Well, now Kosa's like, yes, elders help me. Charge. I'm in charge of shit. It's awesome. The mortals were like, yo, no, we're not. We're French. Like, we're not going to just bow now to some Spanish <laughs> king. And like, now, now all your people are in charge. No, no. So we're going to revolt. Right? Why? Because we're France. Right. Know your history. We are the people who will stop everything to fuck you up for trying to dominate yeah, us. That's, yeah. that's what we, they do. They do not like serving under non-French uh, leadership, apparently. They revolt. And so the governor, right? I think it's like DeZozo or something. I forget his exact name, which is not, it's irrelevant. Right. But just know the Spanish governor goes, this will not stand. You're revolting. I'll tell you what's going to happen. He writes a letter, and Spain responds with a ridiculous thing. Right. 23 man-o'-war ships. 24. 24, excuse me, come over, and they're just seen off the harbor. Who do they come with, though? They come with Count Alexander O'Reilly. Right. Who the fuck is Count Alexander O'Reilly? Homework for listeners. If Count Alexander O'Reilly is a real person, please bombard our email with... I'm not going to look it up, but that just seems really oddly specific for a totally irish named dude right. to be a count that is in charge of a fleet of man of war battleships like man of wars are no joke like they came over and it was like you calm down or i'm gonna rain on you that's that so o'reilly and his crew were like let's just bomb the shit out of the settlement from the sea right you know to, to quell a, a a rebellion like you do that's you know, practice. Yeah, whatever. Just we'll just bomb. The, hey, there the were people. no there were no rules of excessive engagement no. back then. Come on, no. And so the Spanish basically have it on. Well, the sp the Spirish, the Spanish, and O'Reilly. Uh, <laughs> they basically have everything on lockdown. So now Doran really has no ability to get assistance from the outside. Um, but the French didn't give up either. Right. No. Um. So. What happens when you can't move your stuff? Now we have illegal trade. So like half of all of the city's uh, goods are being imported illegally. Right. And don't forget this idiot Cosa goes, I know Doran, man. Doran's slicker than goose shit. I, I know mm -hmm. he has something up his sleeves. And the governor of Spain is going, comment down, my friend. Right. <laughs> just dial it down a bit. I don't know right, what you are. Right. I don't know how you know friends where I have friends, but just relax. It is right, okay. Right. And he goes, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to help you out. Check this out. I'm going to elicit trade with every other nation right. just to stop Doran from growing influence, which basically he just started undermining Spain's hold right. over what they had. The really interesting part right here, though, is we, we really get an indication of Kosa's true nature. Finds out Doran is behind most of the illegal trade. 
Right. And, and he fucking flips out. He goes into a murderous rage and him and his cronies go find Doran's Haven and burn it to the ground. Except right. Dorn abandoned the haven like four years previous, made Went it look like he was still living there. Right. He he wasn't there at all. So he goes and burns down Doran's haven and burns three quarters of the city. And by he, the same idiots he used back in the day. <laughs> right. And they're like, whose house is this? This is his. Well, then we'll burn it. Burn it to the ground. Sets it on fire. And they're like, it's a good windy day. This should be good. <laughs> Nothing bad can happen. Excuse me. Uh. Yeah, so it says Next here, door. it spread through throughout the French Quarter. It burned 856 houses, and it destroyed nearly 80% of the city. And at that point, everybody's like, fuck this Kosa guy. But for some reason, they continue to let him live. Because Dorn couldn't immediately take advantage of it. It, it basically leveled the playing field for everybody. Right, he just did. burned the whole fucking city. So now nobody has any influence. Well, it was 89 and then 200 homes, because it happens again. Well, yeah, right. that's that's the second. Right, there that's you go. The second, there you go. Because this this doesn't happen just once. This dumbass Cosa, it doesn't it's, just happen just once. So in 1790, Doran's like, ah, shit, I got to go back to France and help my sire. There's a French Revolution going on. So he books. He gets in a boat and he floats back to to France. And Cosa's like, yes, here's my chance. I'll take over the city. Still can't get it done. Right. Even with him gone, still can't get it done. In 1794. So Doran's only gone for a year. And in that year, Kosa <laughs> can't get it. Doran comes back and he's like, all right, everything's done. I'm back on a playing field. And Kosa's like, ah, drat. Couldn't get the city. Literally says, ah, drat. <laughs> so in 1794, there's a second fire. And nobody knows who caused this one, but it burns about 200 homes. Nobody has a clue whatsoever. And homes get burnt down. And now... We need to dial it back to, to or bring your attention back to that first letter mm -hmm. when Kosa said, oh, look what all I'm trying. And his venture shitting all over it. Right. He doesn't care about us. Remember Carthage. Right. And these same idealists who were like, that could have been a Carthage. Now go, you don't have a handle on shit. No, no. So we're we're probably not going to continue to support you. I'll tell you what. This is how we're going to handle it. Um, We're going to rescind everything. <laughs> That's how. And then suddenly French is back in power because <laughs> right. Spain folded up shop. And left. <laughs> right. They just left. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then, of course, we're back to old hat. Doran's like, well, thanks for holding it down for a year. Right. Like, I couldn't find your haven. And then, uh, you know, the bad thing happens. Eventually, the United States purchases Louisiana. Right. And that's never a good thing for any outlying territory. But let's not forget the sweetest part. I mentioned Pendragon. Well, what happens to Nova Scotia in that territory up mm -hmm. there? Right? Yeah. They, he, the British go there. And they're like, guess what? If you're not British, get the fuck out. Right. They're like, what? Yeah, bye. If you don't like British rule, step. Oh, okay, I guess we got to leave. Like 6,000 people get pushed out. Right. And then there were some who were like, you know what? We'll be back. And Cajuns. That's when mm -hmm. it comes to the small resistance group. They're just the Cajuns. That's what right. it turns into. As just this group of haters up there. But what I'm pointing out is the fact that it blows my mind. How England, granted, we know the British Empire. We all know historically. Right. But it's the fact that there's one Canite they have made that has been pushing that influence here in the colonies. You got to appreciate it. Pendragon was looked at as this guy who didn't have a plan. Right. He was just a Bruja bulldog. No, he's a fucking conqueror. Right. He's here and he's not pulling punches because what you don't know is that right now in Canada, there is a massive war between the Camarilla and the Sabbat, and only one man is in, is meeting them on their own playing field, that's Pendragon. 
using Bruja, but the whole of the Bruja clan books never want to acknowledge this guy for it because he flies in the face of everything the Bruja stand for. He's imperialistic, he's all-encompassing tyrannical, and he doesn't broker your bloodline. Right. He, that British mentality of sovereignty through blood, and Pendragon owns it. And I love it because here it is, just a subtle hint, a head nod, get the fuck right, out you're right. not british and, you know they don't and they don't really go into that but as we said we've read these books in order this is obvious right. this is an obvious tie to that then uh the purchase um you know caught him by surprise and uh you know and mages start showing up and that's the funny part cult of ecstasy because the purchase pact was allegedly the idea of the mages right right and they did it because they wanted a reason that they can go in and start monopolizing the ley lines and yeah. the cairns yeah. for energy. But if you haven't read the mage book, eh. Yeah. Well, you, eh. in, in here, it establishes it like no other. We've got our werewolves and we've got our mages. And then he t- Dorn uh, talks to a Tremere and the Tremere's like, yep, that's totally correct. <laughs> we know because we also are still awakened, but we're not. So, right. Like, like <laughs> To be totally fair, in all the years that I've been playing Tremere, I've never read in any book where they were like, we still keep in touch with the ley lines. Uh, you know, we still got access to the nodes. You don't because you're dead. For the record, there are books that they go through where they hint to that. And Seoris uh, is something definitely hints to that. But mm-hmm. it's never been something that was prevalent to establish. Right. Because it's blood magic. Right. It's no longer important to right. undead vampires. But there are relations with the former Order of Hermes and whatnot, but they sure. don't go into it. Right. They just tell you, they basically hint to the fact that the Shemir are still awakened. Right. Uh, and then so the mages are like, hey, we need your help, vampires, because there's some technomancers that are going to come here. Basically, our boogeymen are going to come here and try to take a bunch of and shit. this is brilliant, because it tells you Doran's a really good prince. Like, this whole time, and, I, and correct right, me if I'm right. wrong. No, absolutely. I got the print. Doran's a prime prince. Fantastic. Right. Absolutely. he's hearing him out. He hears this line of bullshit. And benevolent, which right. is like, you're, he's the ideal Ventrue prince. You're Ventrue Doran, and you've been warring with this asshole for a long time over territory of an enemy you understand but maybe don't an enemy who you offered to share the city with and he refuses. So you, you, you have to fight him dealing with lupines still the enemy, you know? Yeah. And now here comes a mage. The fuck? And then he's talking to you and he's going, I'm of the cult of ecstasy. And, uh, it's kind of our plan to purchase pact. And, uh, we want to bring you in. We want to bring you in the front line to help us out here. You, you agree to this blood pact and you oppose the technomancers, which are the bad mages. And he's, he's like, what? They're bad. Right, What's right. a techno who? <laughs> right. Like they're literally called the technomancers even before right. technology. Techno was there. wasn't a thing. <laughs> right. I have to now hear this. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to take a take some time because I have that. You don't. Right. Somehow you're not more. I'm going to think about it for a month or six. Yeah. Why don't you go hang out in the quarter, enjoy some wine or whatever? Because yeah, no, I got I'll other shit that's important. I don't know about your ley lines and your nodes and your techno what but have then, you. But then he loses control of the governor. Right. Right. And then he starts seeing some influential things happening. And he has to come back to him because Doran's not an idiot. And he realizes, well, these mages can do some shit. And he says, all right, you have a deal. They drink the blood and do it just in time to repel our courageous Bruja and his unification yeah. <laughs> with the Technomancers. They basically repel everybody out of the city. Yeah, the, the Technomancers and their British allies attacked. Dorn and the mages were more than ready. The city's mages proved a match for the Technomancers, but Dorn's mortals proved their superiority to their British regulars. Aided by some of the city's vampires, the British suffered more than 2,600 casualties, while the Americans lost less than 100 soldiers. 
And why? Because somehow, and I don't know, maybe it's London. They're very fertile. Yeah. And uh, I'm only going to say that because there's losses up and down the colonies, right? Mm -hmm. Those those statistics match up. And it's for the fact that we know, and if you don't know, historically, uh, British adapted and invented the proper way to murder one another. (laughs) <laughs> there are rows, there are lines, there are lines of fire. They're agreed upon things that you do and don't. Yo vale. Yo vale. However, when you're going to die and you're the minority to those numbers, you were like, well, I'm not going to stand in front of your execution squad <laughs> and we're going to try something different like cover. We're not going to meet in an open field and shoot each other to death because we don't have those numbers. Some would call it guerrilla warfare. Exactly. We're use some trees. We're use some swamps. We're use some territory. Mm -hmm. By the way, you had to march all the way from Nova Scotia, Jack. (laughs) We're right here where all our food is. So I I imagine there's a lot of military strains and strategy there. So where's Kosa? Uh, Don't know. Can't find him. Can't find him. He seems to to have uh, faded from from view. So Doran's like, "Where where is this guy? We gotta find him. We gotta track him down because he's out there planning. Yeah, no, it doesn't seem to have uh, been anywhere. And uh, uh, spoiler alert: to this night, there has been no further signs of the Spanish Bruja. So, do you remember all that talk we were doing? Oh yeah, just just back there, we're like constant thorn in this guy's side, always attacking him, always attacking him. Eh, he just disappears. I wonder why that is. I don't know, but to me, it was it was qu- quite anticlimactic. See, I like to think. And this is me painting that picture again. Yeah. I like to think he found out what a black sparrow was. Broad strokes is what Bob likes to do. He likes to take these broad strokes and he likes to I fill cannot, in details. You know me. I cannot deal right, with something right. that doesn't tie down well. Right. Can't handle it. It, do- it doesn't. It doesn't. Make sense. It's, just, it's just a loose end. To me, when I read this, I read it very much as it's presented. Eh, he just disappeared. Who knows? In my and head, I like to think later. So, so when I read these books, most of the time I like to go, oh, okay, here's a story. But then later on, they're going to fill us in. You know, there might be a story at there's the no end. Fill in. No, there's no fill in. He's just gone. In fact, there is a jump to shark moment. So uh, to keep going forward, though, mm-hmm. I don't want to do all this yeah. all willy nilly. Doran did something as the city's prospering and moving forward. And he gets himself a chilled like mm-hmm. you do. And that chilled is Marcel. Mm-hmm. And Marcel is Marcel. He's a good guy, good venture, learning all the ropes, learning how Doran learns, yep. and how Doran's teaching. And, and then something happens. For whatever reason, Doran does the next odd thing. Yeah. Now, now this is Civil War. There's the Depression. There's World War II. Opposing you, opposing the desegregation in right. the middle of this. You, you see up and down population, but as of this point, for the next hundred years or so. It runs like a city runs. Right. There's decline in population. There's increase in population. There's strife. There's, uh, you know, disease, etc. But we come to the point now. We're in the 1950s, and you know, it's it's been 250 years since Dorn has been the prince. Since he's been this awesome, sort of uh, benign ruler, looking out for the best interests of of the city. Always with a mind for growth. Remember what we were talking about when we said Carthage? Oh, yeah. Well, so so now he decides, um, I've been prince for 250 years. I think it's time to get rid of the masquerade. I think it's time we just uh, get rid of it. We can live in harmony with the humans. And and let's point out one of the biggest dumb fuck moves ever. Mm-hmm. Since it's been Louisiana, Xavier's been here every three years. Right. Every three years, adjust the car rolls through. So what he does is he starts to try to find supporters. And some people very obviously are like, no, screw you. 
Some people are like, yeah, okay, we can get behind you. And then Dorn dies. Dies or is murdered. He's murdered. But vampires don't just die of they natural causes. They call it not just murder. He's assassinated. Done and in. Yeah, he's he's done in. And and what's amazing is Kindred are pissed. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, what? Who who did it? How dare someone dun, kill dun, our done? Right? But all we know is Marcel is a nice guy. Right. He knows how to run the city. Hey, you know what? He's gone now. He's dead. I'll just jump in as prince if that's cool. No one feels the loss of my sire like me. All right. So I should take up his mantle and not uh massively break the masquerade. How about that? Yeah, we'll just bring it back. All right. Now we're history's over. Right. Yep. Done. <laughs> literally. Literally. It's like he's here and right, we're all happy. Right, right. Oh, also, um, on this last page and a half of the history, uh, they don't they didn't mention Marcel before that. Marcel wasn't like important to the formation of the city. He wasn't like hinted at. It was well, just they, like they mentioned him in there it's <laughs> right just before he he's killed. Right. It's just he was embraced and happy things happen and he gets all the ropes and then Doran dies. Right. Uh, so they talk about mages some more because that's apparently very important here to this. And then they give you a timeline. They give you a timeline like you do. And uh, there's like some some mages in there. They're warring. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's uh, so welcome to New Orleans. Marcel's your prince. I know you don't know anything about him because he's not historically important, but he's your prince. And he's there and he cares. Right, right. But let's point out, they do highlight some difficulties Marcel has. He has no idea what deals were made no. in the formation with the lupines and whatnot before that. More importantly, they highlight also he's an idiot. Right. And why is he an idiot? He decides that the new lupine uh, alpha of the Utena has tried to come to him more than once to say, hey, let's talk about the fact that you gave us territory. Right. And historically, it's been held here, but you allowed this city to build up all around right, it. Right, exactly. And that's that's a really key component here is that the deal was, y'all get the swamp, we get the city. Well, the city built right through the swamp. And there are literal cairns that the werewolves can no longer uh, occupy because the city's just washed over them. Right. And the werewolves are like, yo, uh, man, it seems like y'all's land is getting way bigger. And ours is getting way smaller. Now, and they're pissed. And under new management, they're just raiding. Right. They're literally just tearing off in the city and raiding. And Marcel's response is, because remember, they opened up the books to him to say, let's talk about this. And he just didn't attend the meeting. He just blew it off. There's no way I'm going to that meeting. I don't care about you. Mm -hmm. And thinks that everybody will just oppose these guys. Not, not understanding. Well, they're werewolves, Jack. Right. Their only option, if you won't talk to them, is to do what animals do. And they're going to rip apart what you know and love. Marcel's response is to basically quarantine an area and say that those are the werewolves as well. Establishing that the werewolves are willing to go and butcher people in it, he'll just put tape over that area. Right. And let them keep it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that seems brilliant. Yeah, smart move, Jack. <laughs> uh, and that's the end of chapter two. And then we move right. into chapter three, and chapter three is geography. What of this is going to be relevant to a modern day game? That's... Uh, up for you to kind of i will tell you though the geography is fantastic if you've never been to new orleans never had it want that feel right you this book plus the internet helps curb up any time gaps right. i always like speeding through these because they do their work right this is beautifully done in this book and in other books and you're going to get the same quality the same level of dedication the same feel of what the city is and where you're at right but they do talk about too that at this at previous points, not so much now, but in years previous, that entry into and out of New Orleans was relatively simple. It's kind of a place where anyone can go. Right. The only caveat being Sabat. Like, you can't, if you're Sabat, you can fuck off. 
but you know anybody else can come in and enjoy at least Mardi Gras. You know, that's they talk about like during the height of Mardi Gras, there could be at least a hundred vampires in the city, and it's a city of one point two million people, lots of vampires to humans it's a pretty stark ratio and they go in they go through all the different districts the ports and they give you some information about like what clans might hang out there who has influence where just like you would in any other book then you have uh, a lovely uh, map of louisiana and they show you where everyone's influence tends to be so you have a heavy, a large area of black spiral dancer influence. You have a large influence of lupines. You have were rats. You have kindred, and then you have a lot of contested areas. What was that? What the hell's a were rat? Right. What's a were rat? I'm glad you asked. It is apparently a shape changing were rat, much like a werewolf. Right. right. Except instead of wolves, it's rats. They call them ratkin. Ratkin. Right. Right. So. <laughs> That's that's our that's our next indicator. So as you can see, what is a big theme in this particular book? There's a lot of other things and they're all going to be coming into play in here. But it it hasn't we haven't gotten yet to the sweetest to the sweetest uh, I don't know, nectar of this book yet. It's and we'll get there. I I just want you to hang tight. Like it's we get, coming. We it's get coming. through these. We get through like nightlife. Stop the turkey. Let's cook right, it already. Right, right, right. So so we're gonna get through. You know the Elysium. All all these places. Awesome. Just like every other city. And we get into our characters. Right. Good gonna, characters. Yeah, yeah. We got we got some decent characters. Some what have you's and some whatnots. Uh, there's actually it, uh, a relatively small selection of characters, I would say. It's not as uh, full as like a Chicago or um, it's I would say it's probably like around the size of uh, our dark colony. Fair. Not a yep. lot of vampires in here. You know, a couple of Bruja. Definitely ones of influence yeah. and what have you. Some yeah. notables like first right. off tie ins. There is a Bruja definitely who was in his name's Dutch. His sire is the infamous Jeremy McNeil, the anarch baron of L.A. Mm-hmm. which the Anarch Free States. That guy's there. Right. Cool tie-in. Another cool tie-in is that you have a guy named Lawrence Meeks, uh-huh. who is the direct shield of Warwick, who, of course, is from New England and invented the web right. that we talked about earlier. So there's that tie-in. Right. Then we have a guy like, um, oh, I don't, why does his name sound familiar to me? Remember me asking you earlier, why does his name sound familiar? Uriah Travers. Oh. Uh, so Uriah Travers, he, he he's a Malkavian. And um, he thinks that he's an abomination. He thinks he was a werewolf that was embraced. And uh, he has Protean so that he can kind of go to Krynos. He takes Krynos. Yeah, yeah, it's like a kind of, yeah, but like, I mean, you know. It's, it's like, like a baby a, right, right, it's like a baby, yeah. He doesn't grow like werewolves yeah, do. You're right, right. To be like, like these a, nine yeah, to ten yeah. foot tall monstrosities. He just becomes a five foot ten werewolf. Right. And And why is he important? We call him... <laughs> call him baby lupo <laughs> uriah travers becomes baby lupo getting through all these characters man you can go through these and you can read them all yourself there's a bunch the of true tr- significance uriah yeah. travers comes because of the tesh the um what they call the new orleans uh bayou proper mm-hmm. which is right at the mouth of the black spiral territory which is the hive right and this travers guy he can't be sane right that's why he's mentioned in the book they give a little head nod to it, but it doesn't really become something until later on. Right. And and then, uh, you know, it goes on to to after the vampires, because you can read through those characters yourself. You know, that's that's part of the joy of reading these but books. But it's important to do it, though, because they do tell the tale of one important fact. 
vampires do care that Marcel was killed. Right. They do care what happened to him. And most importantly, um, they do get into one fact that his child, who he made, was there when they just killed him. Because how Marcel handled it is he gets in office and he sets up a gangrel randomly. Oh, yeah. He yeah. knows this guy didn't have anything to do with Pins it. Pins it on he this knows. gangrel. They just said, hey, man, it was this gangrel that did it. And whoosh, this guy's killed. However, remember, every three years, Xavier comes here. Right. These gangrel are a power here. And the fact that that occurs, he immediately sets himself with a different set of opponents, clan gangrel. And right. it's not all of them. Some of them don't view that he was at fault. However, one definitely does. And yes, I am aware. Yep. I, I made a mistake. There is one that I, you can read that for yourself. That's Manon. That's, uh, or Manon. I'm not really sure how it's pronounced, but we get to the mortals. Because remember, we're telling like the tale of the vampire. We're telling a lot of tales here, but we're telling the tale of a vampire half. And also this Hunter New Orleans special task force group. And here you have these hunters. NOSTF. Yeah, right. That, that have existed for quite some time and uh, kind of hunt down and, and kill vampires or, you know, take their blood. You, Netflix has a show that if you're running a game on New Orleans, you should probably check out. It's called The Originals. And it's a spawn off of that other show, the other vampire show called The Vampire Diaries. Now, why I bring up The Originals is because there's a prince in there named Marcel <laughs> who runs New Orleans and he deals with what? werewolves and mages and three originals coming into habit it's a show that basically as far as i'm concerned of all the lawsuits that ever been had that was the one with the strongest inclination that you could win <laughs> just my personal opinion i don't have a lick of a legal right, degree. right i'm just saying and so uh we go in now like you would in any other book and we talk about the the uh, Primogen Council, we talk about the coteries, we talk about all of the important power players and their relationships. You know, to me, those are worthy of skipping because that's going to let you understand, not for you to skip, but for us to skip because that's you, you want to read that stuff. You want to understand those relationships. You may have had, you, you, you may want to work with those. You may want to reveal some of the, the interactions and the relationships on your own. We've had a long-standing tradition in all but last, but last city books review where we kind of skip over those, those end stories. But I don't think we should do that anymore. <laughs> and, 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 and we're definitely not going to do that this week. Are you we, looking for a drum roll, sir? I'm not looking for a drum roll. So a part of these old books, I think that one of the, the real treats is going back and looking at some of the silly, silly shit that they put in, in, in these books. Now, we haven't, we haven't reviewed or read any of the mage books up to this point. We haven't read or reviewed any of the werewolf books up to this point. We've just done vampire. So we're treating you as if you're just you're playing vampire. That's all you're playing. You don't have any of the other supplements. Well, get ready to have to have them. Get ready. Straight up. So here's a story about your characters, or your players' characters, and uh, they're, how does a story start? They're attacked randomly, right? That's chapter one. They're in New Orleans. Right. There's, you know, it's Mardi Gras. It's during Mardi Gras, and uh, they're doing the thing, having some fun. Now, Mardi Gras has done well in this book. Like, that's something we kind of glossed right. over. When you read it, you'll read about the fact that Marcel is not an idiot. He can't possibly keep track and do accounting for for everyone's coming and goings in New Orleans because the whole world pretty much they're right. going to be there, and so the the population swells. Hundreds of vampires end up in Mardi Gras, 
All his people do is keep track of those that aren't known members of the city and make sure they leave right. when Mardi Gras over. So because of this, he doesn't bring them in front for acknowledgement. Right. He just lets them be. So the point of this story is, essentially, there is a group of elders that seems to be selling kindred. They, they're kidnapping them and selling them to elders for the blood. Your player characters will now get to go through, I think, four full chapters of getting the shit kicked out of them by every supernatural creature. No, no, I'm sorry. Five full chapters of getting the shit kicked out of them by every supernatural creature you could think of. Or winning. I guess it depends on yeah, the dice. Yeah, but probably I mean, not. Like- right. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you're, if you're a bunch of, if you're a coterie of starting characters, you're, you're going to be beat up quite a bit. Scene starts. You get jumped because these two vampires are trying to kidnap you. Yeah, you get away and you run to the club. Well, you get to the club and the prince is there and he doesn't trust you. I don't trust what you say. So I'm going to send my ghouls or my children or whatever, and you're going to go figure this out. Okay, so now you have to go to this mansion, but you have to go through werewolf territory to get there. So you're going to get your ass kicked by the werewolves. Then you're going to get your ass kicked by some uh, some Macaulay, some were alligators, right? Right. There's that. right. You're gonna you're gonna encounter the ratkin. Then there's going to be another group of spies that want to kick your ass, so they kick your ass and they take you in front of uh, another character called the general, and uh, the general is just going to talk to you. But also, you know, if you step out of line, he's going to kick your ass. And then eventually, at some point, you're going to get to a, a point in, in this plot where you meet a very special man. You meet it's a very really kind of infamous. You, you meet a very special man. And, and um, I just want to, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him, but his name is Samuel Haight. What's important about Samuel Haight is at this point, he's a kinfolk, which means he's of werewolf blood. Right. Can't change it to a werewolf, so he's a kinfolk to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he hates the fact that he's not a full-fledged werewolf, because yeah. a kinfolk just means that he's breeding stock. Right. That his children have a great chance of becoming werewolves himself, which is amazing to yeah. werewolves. That He's not special enough. Right, no. He wants to be a shape-changing reaver monster of death. Right. So what happens is he goes about it and says, you know what I'll do? I'll skin him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to skin them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skin a bunch of them. And I heard stuff. I heard about a ritual. They heard about a good ritual. That's going to let me turn into a werewolf if I skin enough of these werewolves. Just enough to sew together my own little werewolf outfit. Yep. Cosplayers everywhere smile. Right. And and now he gets to change into a werewolf. Right. He does. Now now he's a werewolf. But Nate, did he stop there? Mm, no. Uh, what? No. Because being a werewolf, it, you know, even if you're a werewolf of your own making, that's kind of chump shit, right? Because what you yeah. really want, what you really want are mage spheres. That's true. How do you get? Oh, but also uh, let's let's pump the brakes because let's not forget while he was a kinfolk skin walker dancer, I'm a jigger. He also went and killed a Tremere and learned how to do thaumaturgy. Got ghouled. He did. Right. Got himself some ghoul blood. So now he knows lots of thaumaturgy. He's got that. What's better than blood magic? How about real magic? Well, how do I get that? Well, I just go find a special item that gives it to me. A special staff. Right. A, a special staff that does uh, a whole bunch of great stuff, like strength plus three health levels and aggravated damage, and makes you invisible to supernatural detection. That's pretty good. Right. But then, also, I really want to go into the Umbra, so I need a necklace 
lets me go into the Umbra. And also, this item may or may not give him... The quintessential backing right, of right. being a mage, but not... Right. I don't know a lot about mage, but essentially with this item, he's now a mage. He's got spheres. He's got he's got gifts. He's got rituals. Hell, he's got disciplines. He's the whole world of darkness in one short, short of being fae. Right, right. Like, what do the fae really get? Like, like they get a lot of cool shit, right, actually. Like, right. But... Too banal. They at least hold right, to that. Right. Just can't. So you get to meet this schmuck. And why do you get to meet him? So we can give you some very important information, like where the vampires are being sold at. So, like, here's your wonk. If you're not familiar, like, I, I like to pretend, oh, I've never read any of the books. And now I walk into this, and I'm like, what? what is this? Like, why is this guy not boss fight? Then you go and you stop the, you, you, you stop the. <laughs> Why is this guy not boss fight? Right. This, this is the most ridiculous. And, and that's where you cash your chips in. I'm just, just double checking. It's I mean, cool I mean, I, I like, I haven't really cashed my chips in, but I'm just like, where, what, what did this come from? I promise you there's a book that we'll have to go over. It's coming. Mm-hmm. It's Chaos Factor. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's literally the story he's in for that, mm-hmm. where you get to learn why Samuel Hayt did all that he did. Mm-hmm. I didn't say it's going to please you. Oh, I read the wiki. I'm just said it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. I read the wiki. I was familiar with this particular character. I just forgot he was in this book. The level of venom that I've saved up over a decade plus in dealing with it. I'm going to ruin it for everybody. I would say this for Nerdwords. I don't want to because he's here. It's now we're talking about mm-hmm. Samuel Haight is the guy I encountered in a live action game. The third game I ever played up here. Oh, and this guy walked around with a staff. And had a raven feather attached on top of it. Mm-hmm. And because it took him forever to describe to me the power he tried to do, because think about it, he has literally a book of powers. And while he's trying to figure it out, I beat him with the three second rule in live action <laughs> and staked him. <laughs> so, and he got mad. He's like, well, I'm not, I'm immortal. That kills me. I was like, and so it does. <laughs> and he was like, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. And it was this big old argument where he was just screaming at me about all the power he had to have the storyteller walk over and go, what happened? The storyteller had to retcon the entire scene. <laughs> so to, so I'm in front of the Bruja and just encountered this guy in an alleyway. Right. And he was all attitude and telling us where we had to go. And I'm neonate nobody trying to impress the primogen. The primogen said he's annoyed with them. And I said, look, man, just get out the road. We're partying. We're moving. Here's some money, you bum. Go figure it out. <laughs> and he was like, with my magic, I will. you will rue the words, whatever the hell he said. Some big, long-winded speech. And I was like, cool, physical challenge. <laughs> And then he didn't respond, and someone told me the three-second response rule, mm-hmm. and we I had time to open my little book, go to the rule, and tell him, well, man, we're going to have to use this, because it's been like five minutes. You still haven't picked the one power that's going to make me rue the day. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm stabbing you. That's what caused the whole hoopla. And maybe that tainted my image of this dude, but it's when after game, he walked up to me and goes, just read what I had, and why my guy really owned that scene, and why I got retconned. And I, I couldn't even read. No. When I read he was kinfolk super mage oh, and, werewolf dude. Right. And no beyond way. beyond that, this was before there was a live action mage. Oh, it was terrible. So all of that stuff had to be made up. I remember those days when when like people tried to play mage live action before the rules were made. It's not an easy translation from tabletop to live action. There's no way it, it is be. not. So everyone kind of like they'd make up their own like translations. The lightsaber cards for people. Right. Get just, out of here. just ridiculousness. Just some immersion breaking munchery going on. Right. And this- it's and I blame this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I truly blame absolutely. Samuel Hate for the creation of most trench coat ninjas and worse. And he has a very particularly special fate, but we're not going to reveal that today. 
We're going to reveal it. We're going to reveal it at the end of our podcast. We're going to reveal it at the end of 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> Not before. <laughs> Listen, I think we should follow the chronological order. And it's a coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be. It might be in a vampire book. I don't know. If it is, we'll reveal it then. But if not, more is the pity. So yeah, anyways, um, then you guys get some information from him. And you go and you break up the, the auction. And uh, also, Samuel hates here because he kind of wanted to be a vampire, but then like found out what happens if he becomes a vampire, i.e. he can't shapeshift, he can't use his mage spheres, he's FDA. Um, he's, sunlight. Right, right, sunlight. Yeah, so being a ghoul is a way better idea, hence why he's not a vampire. But he's got disciplines. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you break up the little, uh, the little Sabat uh, elder... Uh, giving away stealing a vampire to kidnappity kidnappity and that's the end of the story kidnappity kidnappity yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> is that the technical uh, term kidnappity kidnappity yeah yeah it's it, literally when i read through this after like at the start of every chapter it's like and now your players are gonna get jumped by these guys and beat up so here's the deal i'm gonna say the first, the city itself, its buildup and story does a great job of showcasing maybe one of the fewer aftershocks felt from the Jihad right. of where it starts and where it is. Doran's a great character, and I even like the Bruhaiwa Saltsum. I really do. Yeah. I think it's cool. It shows up, does it well. I like the fact that the Lupines are kind of a footnote. They're a faction of badasses we, you know, we deal with, but it showcases how vampires outlive their problems, you know. Immortality means that the hard asses of yesteryear die off and maybe their children are better and more amiable to see it and more importantly right. you can tell them hey, your parents did a good job of getting rid of us right that's why we're talking now right right it, it shows the strength of immortality which i think is the point of the book it even introduces the mages and the vampire in a way that lets you see that they're not all about fireballs and teleporting and that they got their own problems and that they're here and even why the mages would would not be liked by the werewolf oh for sure and so and it tells you hey if you're looking for that if you're looking for all that is World of Darkness, or at least the vast majority, you can have it in one city. Here's a smooth setting for it. Here's some vampires. Here's some fun. And it's Nolans, right? Right. You can live that up. And they do right. a damn good job. I will stand by them on the very fact that that book gives you the big easy. Right. Which is, which is cool. Sure. Where I maybe disagree, the, I, I like the buildup. I like the story that they're telling. I like the history. Where I don't like it is where it instantly swerves off, and now we've got a new prince. Play your game. Fuck off. Man, so, so to me, it's to me there was like a pump the brakes moment. I'm just saying that I, I, I found I jarring. But there's an imagination here, right? This yeah. book is not a novel, right? No, absolutely it's not meant that way. And maybe use your storytelling power. No, to absolutely. Tell that tale I, as you will. right. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. You're totally right. I still find it jarring. <laughs> and okay. also, uh, the story at the end. Um, I think we're coming along uh, now in a tradition of WTF stories, <laughs> and uh, hopefully it doesn't yes. end soon. I'm looking forward to the next one. I don't think uh, I remember it at all. I, I'm not even sure what the next city book is. No, it's Los Angeles by night. It's uh, I don't think it's I don't think the story in the back of that book is crazy. So no, it's not. It, no. Run, it runs pretty good. Savor it while you can. Savor the the what the hell is that? <laughs> What's the next book? The next on? book is Clan Book Tremere. Hell yeah! Yep, next book is Clan Book Tremere. Uh, I'm gonna love reviewing that one. I love Clan Tremere. 
apparently everyone else that plays this game does too because uh that whole berlin by night they, right. i guess they did a study they did like right. a survey of people number one was malkavian number two was tremere and i was just like really so hey if you like clan tremere we're gonna review their their first printing of their clan book next week if you have any questions for us, if you have any issues you need addressed, if you would like information about our game that uh, we are offering as a patron reward, get a hold of us. You can either get a hold of us at Twitter. Uh, we are 25 years of VTM. You can get a hold of us on Facebook, utilitymuffinlabs.com, uh, utilitymuffinlabs at gmail.com. Pretty much get a hold of us anywhere. If you're listening to this on our website or you arrive to it via our website, there will be a post for every single thing we've got going on. Uh, our Patreon page, our T-shirts. Um, what else do we got going on? Uh, just a bunch of stuff. Anyways, I don't want to bore you. We already <laughs> we already bombarded you at the beginning. So please tune in next week for Clan Book Tremere. Till then, I'm Nathan. And I'm Bob. And we will talk to you later. Thanks for listening. <laughs>